0: Welcome to Episode 41 of Season 4 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. When Harriet Hilliard married Ozzie Nelson in 1935, they each had separate entertainment careers. Her as a singer and dancer on vaudeville and Broadway. He is a band leader who composed, recorded, and performed extensively with the Ozzie Nelson Band, both live and on the radio. In 1941, they joined the cast of The Red Skelton Show and stayed with it for three years. Once Skelton was drafted in 1944. Ozzie and Harriet were given their own radio show, which debuted on October 8, 1944, on CBS. The show was immensely popular, and they eventually brought their own real-life children, David and Ricky Nelson, onto the show when they were old enough. The family played fictionalized versions of themselves as a suburban family. In 1952, they starred in the movie Here Come the Nelsons, and the success of that film helped the radio show make the transition to television in 1952. It was also incredibly popular and ran until 1966. Now sit back and enjoy the August 26, 1945 broadcast of The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet.
1: America's finest silver plate is 1847 Rogers Brothers. From Hollywood, International Silver Company, creators of 1847 Rogers Brothers Silver Plate, presents The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, starring young America's favorite couple, Ozzie Nelson and Harriet Hilliard. Let us visit the Meltons at 1847 Rogers Road. As we join Ozzy and Harriet, they've just finished breakfast. Ozzy is reading the morning paper.
2: What are you reading, dear? The funny page? Now why do you say that? Does it ever occur to you that I might be reading the editorial page or the financial page? Oh, I'm sorry, dear. What are you reading? The funny page. <laughs> You know something? They must have used a lot of care the way they place these comic strips. What do you mean? Now, just look at Little Abner and Dick Tracy. Who else besides Breathless Mahoney could exist next to the little sinker? (laughs) Oh, that episode's been finished for weeks. You must have an old paper there. I don't think so. Oh, by golly, you're right. Oh, sure, I remember reading this article here. Incidentally, it's very unusual. Oh, really? What's it about? It's about a dog by the name of Dice Game. She had eight puppies. Well, what's so unusual about that? Uh, she did it the hard way, two fours.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, I see, that's silly. Morning, Mother. Morning, Dad. Good morning, David.
2: Hello, son. Did you sleep well last night? Like a log. Just yes, fine. How was breakfast? Well? Coffee was wonderful. And how are you feeling? Fine, dear. Great. Then I'd like to ask you for a raise in my allowance. Okay? Gee, thanks. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Not right so fast. Tell me, how much are you getting now? Fifty cents a week, Dad. And how much do you want? Seventy-five cents a week. Oh, I'm sorry, David. It's absolutely out of the question. Why, Dad? Well, just think, David. How would it look if you were getting a bigger allowance than me?
4: <laughs> Say, why all of a sudden need for money
2: anyway, David?
4: Well, I got expenses by going down to the store and getting
2: sodas. Oh, I see. And you usually take that little girl down the block, don't you? Sally Kinney? Hmm? Yes, I do. And do you pay for her sodas? Oh, no, we're not that serious. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I still think that 50 cents is plenty for an eight-year-old boy. David, Daddy's just trying to tell you that you should
4: learn the value of money. Well, that's just it, Mom. You want me to be thrifty and save my money, don't you? Yes. Well, I spend it all now, but if I got an extra quarter, then I'd have something to save.
3: How about it?
2: Well, I don't know. It's up to your father. What do you say, Pop? Well, David, when I was your age... Oh, Pop, not one of those stories. <laughs> now, David, if you want to get a raise, you've got to listen to your father's story. Oh, well, it's not compulsory, you know, Harriet. I'll... Oh, Ozzy, don't be so sensitive. <laughs>
4: Uh, well, t- then tell me all about
2: when you were my age, Pop. Well, I'm out of the mood. But I do, think, I do think you're old enough to earn part of your spending money. Now, when I was your age... He's back in the mood again. <laughs> now, Harriet, please. I'll tell you, David, I know what he did when he was your age as well as he does. When your father was your age, he cut the grass every Saturday. The lawn was 150 feet deep and 75 feet wide. 78. 78 feet wide. And full of the roughest, toughest, hardest to cut grass in the state. And a lot of little stones that always caught in a lawnmower. Who's telling this story, Dave? Oh, excuse me. Go ahead. But all he got for cutting all that grass was 10 cents. And sometimes he had a hard time collecting it, too. I'll tell you what I'll do, David. Our lawn is much smaller, but I'll give you 25 cents to cut it. So thanks, Pop. Well, suppose I make it 35 cents. The lawn next door is smaller than ours, but they offered me 50 cents to cut it. What are they trying to do, ruin the child labor market? (laughs) David, your father used to go from door to door selling magazines, soap, perfume, hair tonics, snake oil, rheumatism remedies. No, 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 I didn't. The snake oil, but not the rheumatism remedies. Well, at any rate, David, you can see that your father was very industrious at your age. Not the way I think you ought to be, David. Go out and use your head. Sell something. Sell anything. It's very good training for you. And I guess I don't get the raise, huh? Well, David, I see you ought to earn the money for yourself somehow. It's for your own good. Okay, but I wish you wouldn't
4: think about my own good so much. See you later.
2: You know, he's a good little guy, isn't he? He sure is. Would you like another cup of coffee, Isaac? Uh, Yes, I would if you don't mind. I don't
5: mind, but there's Gloria mine. Gloria! Oh, Gloria! You call me Mrs. (laughs) Norton. Gloria, we'd like some more coffee. It's very good. Yes, it certainly was. <laughs> well, isn't there any more, Gloria? No, Mr. Nelson. There was just enough for the three of us. A cup for you and a cup for Mrs. Nelson and five cups for me. Well, that's
2: life, I suppose.
5: Uh, didn't I just hear you talking to
2: David? Yes, he just went out. I was having a little talk with him about money.
5: Did you get any from him, Mr. Nelson? <laughs>
2: Mr. Nelson was merely trying to explain the value of money to David.
5: We probably should have explained to him how to budget his allowance. You keep a budget, don't you, Gloria? Oh, of course I keep a budget. (laughs) I've been keeping a budget for ten years. Every time I spend any money, I put it right down in one column. And every time I make any money, I put it right down in the other column. Well, that's very wise, Gloria. Oh, (laughs) yes. You know something, Mrs. Nelson? What? Someday I'm going to add it all up. (laughs) How is it you learned to be so thrifty, Gloria? Well, I had to support myself from a very early age. You see, my father drank all the time. He was always stinking from drinking. Oh, that's too bad. But then one day my mother gave him the cure. Oh, she gave him the cure, huh? Was it permanent? Oh, it was permanent, all right. He used a shotgun. (laughs) Well, that sounds permanent enough. Well, I better clear these dishes away. My boyfriend Elmer is coming over in a little while. See, I haven't seen Elmer around lately. What's he been doing? The same old thing. Loafing. But last week you told me he had a job. Oh, he did. But it only lasted one day. He worked in the ladies department store as a window decorator. Well why did he quit? He found out those women in the windows weren't real. (laughs) Well, I'll see you later.
6: Oh, here's the order from the grocery store. I'll
4: take it, mister. Gee, look, you got a big hole in your coat.
6: Oh, yeah, I know. I I just tore it. And I got a date with my girl in half an hour. I'm really in a spot.
4: Say, I've got an idea. Would you want another coat?
6: (laughs) Well, you ain't exactly my size, Junior.
4: (laughs) No, I mean one of my father's. He's got some old ones that are in very good shape. I could sell you one.
6: Ah, that's a great idea. Hey, look, see if you can find a blue one with a red stripe to go with these green pants. (laughs)
4: I'll find you a good one, all right. But, of course, I'll have to charge you a lot of money for it. As much as one (laughs) dollar.
6: Well, I'm a sport. Go get it. hey, wait a minute. Are you sure this is okay with your old man?
4: Oh, yes. He told me I was supposed to do this. He said... Sell something and make some money. Wait here, I'll get the coat for you. Are
3: you
6: glad to see me, Lana?
4: Joe, and you look so wonderful, too.
6: <laughs>
4: Jake, that's a nice coat you get on.
6: Oh, it's just a little something I had made.
4: Well, maybe you better take it off, Joe. It's kind of warm in here.
6: Yeah, <laughs> especially when I'm sitting next to you, Lana. <laughs> okay, I'll take it off. Now, let me put my arms around you, honey. Now, Joe. Uh-oh. Oh, my goodness. There
4: must be Freeman outside the door. Put Joe down the fire escape. Heyman is six feet tall. Good. I'll
6: hide in the closet. No, 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 down the fire escape. Why can't I hide in the closet?
4: Well, okay, but the guy in there was even bigger.
6: Well, you talked me into it, Lana. It's down the fire escape for me. Coming, Heyman, just a minute. Where is he?
4: Now, take it easy, Raymond. There's nobody here. Don't give me
6: that. I hate a guy talking in here.
4: Oh, that. Oh, that was just an announcer on the radio. Oh,
3: you're
4: so cute. Come on, sit down, Hayman. Relax. Let me fluff up your
6: muscles. Okay, then I'm sorry. I guess I... Hey, wait a minute. Whose coat is that? What coat? That one right there with the tweed buttons. Oh, you was two-timing me, huh? Now,
3: calm down, Oh,
4: Heyman.
6: yeah? Well, I... Oh, look, here's the guy's name, right here by the inside pocket. Ozzy Nelson, huh? Oh, no! Ozzy Nelson. 1847 Ratchet's Road. No, no, Heyman, you're making a mistake. Oh, yeah? Ozzy Nelson. I'll break that rat's neck.
1: It's time for those lovely singing stars, the famous King Sisters. Someday you come
3: home. Never want to leave again, boy, with you? And so all else will follow. I'm waiting for the
1: That was the King Sisters doing their bit for romance. And now, the orchestra changes to the traditional romantic theme. I pronounce you, man and wife. I pronounce you, man and wife. I pronounce you, man and wife. Yes, it's wonderful, friends, wonderful. Every G.I. and his girl getting married. Every G.I. and his girl going home at last to the home they planned and dreamed about lo, these many years. A home tastefully furnished with things they can be proud of for many, many years. Things like the silver plate of 1847 Rogers Brothers. There is silver plate that brings you beauty, imaginative design, lasting pleasure and satisfaction. In fact, everything about 1847 silver plate is so unusual and so fine that once you've seen it, You just can't be satisfied with any other silver plate. And it won't be long before your silverware dealer has it in stock for you. So wait for that day. Don't choose any silver plate for your new home until you've seen the finest. 1847 Rogers Brothers Silver Plate. And now back to Ozzie and Harriet. Well, it certainly looks as though little David Nelson started something when he sold his father's coat to the delivery man. Poor Ozzie. Little does he know that his coat, with his name in it, has been discovered in glamorous Lana Shanahan's apartment by none other than Herman, Lana's jealous boyfriend. Poor Ozzie. Oh, well. Meanwhile, blissfully ignorant of his unfortunate predicament, our hero is casually strolling down the street.
2: Goodbye, Mr. Nelson. Mr. Nelson. Oh, hello, Emmy Lou. Hey, what's wrong? You look as though you just lost your best Woody Herman
6: record. Oh,
7: I'm very very unhappy, Mr. Nelson. I've got such a terrible problem, and I don't know what to do. I'm so terribly inexperienced. I need advice from someone like you.
2: Someone like me?
7: Mm Mm-hmm. I'm so very young, and you are so very old.
2: Thanks, but what's the trouble in Lou?
7: Well, it's about my boyfriend, Larry. He was at the movies with another girl last night, and it seems so hard to believe what he told me. Mr. Nelson, do you think that men tell the truth?
1: Well, they're about as truthful as women.
7: Oh, the nasty fibbers. I had such faith in Larry, too. He wanted to take me to the movies last night. I explained to him what an awful headache I had and how desperately ill I felt. I never dreamed he'd go to the movies with someone else. Well,
2: are you sure he was there, Amy Lou?
7: Oh, positive. Coming back from the Palladium, Charlie and I saw him. <laughs> you just can't trust men.
2: <laughs> it certainly looks that way.
7: Men... You know, sometimes I get so mad... you wish
2: there were no men?
7: Oh, no, I never get that mad.
2: (laughs) Well, I guess the best thing for you to do is try and
7: win Larry back. That's exactly what I'm going to do. I've just been downtown shopping, and I bought some wonderful perfume. They had four different kinds to choose from.
2: Oh, what were they called?
7: Come hither, Mm -hmm. come nearer, come closer. And the last one? Where do we go from here? (laughs) I'm
2: positive that you bought some of that. Where do we go from here?
7: You're right, Mr. Nelson. Here, do you want
2: to smell it? Okay, I'll take a little sniff. (laughs) Oh, oh, oh my gosh. That's some perfume.
7: Well, that was nothing, Mr. Nelson. Wait till you take the cork out. (laughs)
2: Is that the stuff you're going to try to win Larry back with?
7: Mm-hmm. Do you think this perfume will make Larry notice me? Even if you leave the city.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Lou, you better take this stuff back before it overwhelms me. Thank you.
7: Oh, no, oh. oh I'm sorry, Mr. Nelson. It spilled all over you. Oh,
2: that's all right, Emmy Lou. Nothing to worry about. <laughs> It'll dry up.
7: But what will Mrs. Nelson think if you come home with all that perfume... Won't you think that... Oh,
2: no, 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 of course not. Don't give it another thought. Mrs. Nelson, trust me implicitly. Don't worry about it, Emmy. And good luck
7: with Larry. Thank you, Mr. Nelson. Goodbye.
2: Goodbye.
6: Is Mr. Nelson in?
2: No, I'm sorry. He's not in right now.
6: That's too bad. I wanted to strangle him.
2: Well, he should be back in a... What?
6: You hide me, lady. I'm here to get that skunk.
3: Why? Who are you, the little thinker? Is this a joke
2: or something?
3: This here
6: ain't no joke. This here, Ozzie Nelson, has been running around with my girl, see?
2: My husband running around with your girl? That's right,
6: sister. And I intend to put a stop to that
2: Oh, you must be mistaken. My husband is the most faithful man that breathes.
6: I intend to put a stop to that, too. <laughs>
5: oh, well, now, look, I'm sure there must be some mistake. There's
6: no mistake. Your husband is trying to beat my time with Lana Shanahan, the most beautiful dame in the world.
2: Oh, really? How's he making out?
6: Listen, three quarters of an hour ago, he was sitting on her Davenport pitching and at her. Oh, I feel sorry for you, Mrs. Nelson What
2: for? I think it's all sort of funny
6: Oh, your husband's a goner now Once the man meets Lana Shanahan, he's never the same
2: oh. you mean he'll throw rocks at me when he comes home? <laughs> oh, look, I'm sorry, but I just know you're mistaken my husband is a very nice person, and I trust him absolutely and completely.
6: Well, no guy can steal my guile and get away with it.
2: But I tell you, it couldn't have been, Ozzy. Believe me, you're just making a wolf out of a cocker spaniel.
6: <laughs> Lady, I ain't just guessing. I got proof. Yeah, take a look at this coat here. Does this coat look familiar to you?
5: Yes, it does. It's
6: your husband's, ain't it?
5: Yes, it's Ozzy's
2: coat, all right. I'd recognize his shoulders anywhere.
6: Well, I found this coat up in my girl's apartment. Oh,
2: look, this whole thing is ridiculous. I don't care how many of his coats you found there. I
6: got plenty more evidence, sister. The guy at my girl's place had kind of a low voice.
2: Well, it might be Ozzy. He had a sort
6: of a silly giggle.
5: Well, that might be Ozzy. And he
6: was making passionate love to him. You got the wrong guy. See, there ain't no use crying about that, your husband. As soon as he pokes his nose in the door, I'm going to beat him to a pulp.
2: Well, I'm just warning you. My husband knows jiu-jitsu. No politician's
3: going
2: to help him out of this. But will you at least give Ozzy a chance to explain when he comes back?
6: I ain't giving him nothing. When he walks in the door, I'm going be... to little bit. Oh,
2: hello, dear. I do have confidence.
6: I'll say you got company, and I ain't leaving here till I crush the life out of a Satan rat.
2: Oh, the man's an exterminator. <laughs> well, not exactly, dear. This man came here to exterminate you. He claims that you've been romancing his girlfriend, and you were with her this afternoon. Why, that's silly,
6: Harriet. Surely you don't believe him. Oh, of
2: course not. But he
4: says. Wait said a minute.
6: That... Where was you this afternoon, chum? Well, I was, I was just out walking. There, you
4: see, he was out walking. Let me smell you,
2: Menzazi. What were you out walking with, a halibut? Uh-huh. Just as I thought. Lana Shanahan's... Hey, no, no, just a second. That's not Lana's perfume. That's some other girl's perfume. Little man, you've had a busy day. no, no. That's uh, not what I meant at all. I can explain everything if you just give me a chance. Okay,
6: I'll give you a chance. Is this your coat? Yeah, sure, that's my coat. Well, explain this. What was I doing in my girlfriend Lana's apartment? I'm sure I don't know, and I don't know your girlfriend, Lana. A likely story. I should have punched you when your face, walked in. Why, you... Just a minute.
2: Whom do you think you're pushing
6: around? Whom? You? That's home. That's so. Yeah, that's so. I got a good mind to punch you right (laughs) in the nose. You do and I'll bleed all over you. Oh,
2: now, look. Why don't you two be sensible? Listen, mister, I have an idea. Suppose I assure you that it'll never happen again. That you have my word that my husband will never again bother your girlfriend, Lana. Would that satisfy you? Well. Well, suppose I, um, suppose I promise to put a collar and leash on him and never let him out of the house without
6: me. A collar and leash, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> okay, lady, I'll settle for that. So long, folks. I'll be getting back to Lennon now.
2: <laughs> oh, gee, honey, that was a clever way to get rid of him. <laughs> Saying you were going to put a collar and a leash on me. (laughs) You know, dear, I'm never going to... Yes, dear. What size neck have you got? (laughs) Now, Harriet, you can't really believe that silly story about that fellow's girlfriend. Well, what do you expect me to believe? Having all that perfume on you and not knowing how your coat got into her apartment? If you'll just let me explain, the perfume was spilled on me accidentally by Lou. As for the coat, I can't possibly imagine how it got there.
4: Hello, Mother. Hi, Dad. Hello, son. Hello,
2: Lana. I mean... Uh,
4: hey, where'd you get that
2: lollipop?
4: It's the size of a small manhole cover. It cost me 50 cents, Mom. I earned some extra spending money like Pop told me.
2: Well, oh, that's fine, son. I'm proud of you. How did you make the money? Well, it was a cinch. I sold an old coat of yours to the delivery man. Hey, tell me, David. Was this coat here on the chair the one you sold? Gee, that's the one, All right. How'd he get back here? Didn't the fellow like it? No, he, he liked it all right. I'll tell you about it later, David. Right now, there's something I want to discuss with your mother. Oh, now, I see. You don't think I really believed a word of what that man said. You know me well enough for that. Uh, Harriet. Yes, dear? Uh, what size neck have you got? <laughs>
1: The end of the war means many things to the silversmiths of 1847 Rogers Brothers. But it means one thing in particular. It means that they have already returned to the job they love, the creation of 1847 Rogers Brothers, America's finest silver plate. In the bitter, frightful years of war, their fine craftsmanship was devoted to turning out fighting equipment and life-saving equipment for our armed forces. But they're now back at their old tasks creating silver plate that's the last word in loveliness. Silver plate that can't fail to give you a sense of complete enjoyment. So, friends, if you're planning to get silver plate, my advice is to wait until 1847 Rogers Brothers is again at your silverware dealers. That day is not far off. Sooner than you think, you'll be able to go in and ask to see 1847's unique patterns. The pattern Adoration, for example, which was such a pre-war favorite. Adoration has the high raised ornamentation and deep etching so like solid silver. It has the streamlined contours, the delicate chasing, and the exquisite finish that make it truly a prize in silver plate. A prize it will pay you to wait for. So remember the pattern name, Adoration. The creator, 1847 Rogers Brothers. <laughs>
2: see, Harriet, you are convicting me on purely circumstantial evidence. All right. I forgive you, dear. Answer the door, please. Okay. You forgive me? I should be forgiving you. I knew you'd be sensible. Thank you, dear.
6: Yes? Are you Audrey Nelson? Yes. You are, huh? Are these yours? Holy smokes, my
2: pants. Where'd you... Harriet? Yes, dear? I think we'll just have to give David a raise in his allowance.
3: (laughs)
1: Silver Company, creators of 1847 Rogers Brothers Silver Plate, invite you to listen again next Sunday to the adventures of Ozzy and Harriet with songs by the King Sisters and music by Ozzy Nelson's Orchestra. And don't forget, America's finest silver plate is 1847 Rogers Brothers. This program originates in the Hollywood studios of the Columbia Broadcasting System and is also broadcast over the Trans-Canada network of the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. This adventure of Ozzy and Harriet will be transmitted to our men and women overseas by shortwave and through the worldwide facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service.
0: Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.